Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by Facebook. Today's Monday, August 17th. Robinhood's valuation is up, new COVID cases in the U.S. are down, and we're focused on the future of the U.S. Postal Service. As you've no doubt heard by now, the U.S. Postal Service is at the center of a battle in Washington, D.C. Yeah, that U.S. Postal Service, the same one that delivers us bills and birthday cards and Bed Bath & Beyond coupons. Oh, and election ballots, which is why what began as a fairly mundane funding crisis has become a political crisis. To catch you up, the Postal Service's Board of Governors, appointed by President Trump, said earlier this year that it needs $25 billion in supplemental funding, or else it will be insolvent by October. Shortly afterwards, Trump appointed someone named Louis DeJoy to be the new Postmaster General. Some critics say DeJoy got the job primarily because he was a big-money Trump donor, not because he had run a large private delivery company. Trump, of course, claims he's qualified. Either way, DeJoy has made some major changes to USPS, which appears to have the result of slowing down mail delivery in many places. Not only does that currently impact delivery of such things as prescription drugs and social security checks, but raises huge questions about the speed and security of mail-in ballots this fall. Democrats allege DeJoy is intentionally kneecapping USPS to help the re-election of President Trump, who is opposed to certain forms of mail-in voting. So Democrats have scheduled to vote on that $25 billion in new funding for this Saturday and also asked DeJoy and USPS Board of Governors Chairman Robert Duncan to testify in front of the House Oversight Committee on Monday. The chair of that committee, Representative Carolyn Maloney, recently won a primary in which the decision wasn't finalized for six weeks due to problems related to mail-in voting. She joins us in 15 seconds. We're joined now by Congresswoman Carolyn Maloney, a Democrat representing New York's 12th district. Congresswoman, let's start here. Last Friday, you sent an invitation to Louis DeJoy and Robert Duncan to testify in front of your committee. Have they replied to your invitation? Yes, they have. And they will be there on August 24th to answer our questions in response to our invitation to testify. We called an emergency hearing based on statements by the president that he wanted to defund the post office and really actions by Postmaster General DeJoy that would slow down the delivery of mail. I'm hearing from postal workers and union leaders here in the metro area that the mail is five to six days late. So it's a very important thing that we're having this hearing. So a couple days before that hearing, the House is coming back to vote on, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I think on at least two things on Saturday, correct? One is this extra $25 billion or so dollars to help fund the post office, and then also a bill you have presented, which would, in short, guarantee that the operations of the post office as they were at the beginning of this year will be virtually identical to the way they are the beginning of next year. Is that accurate? Are both bills going to be voted on? Yes, that's accurate. It's very important to get the funding for the post office. The Board of Governors that were incidentally appointed by President Trump came out asking for $25 billion to make the post office whole because of their actions during the pandemic, given support to businesses, corporations, entities, not-for-profits, schools, you name it. Why not an institution as important as the post office? It is uh, 
a pillar of our democracy. It is enshrined in our Constitution. Every president in history has supported it. So we are hopeful that we can pass that emergency funding immediately and get it to the president's desk. Also, we are getting reports, and this is national, this is across the country, although they deny it, that they are taking actions that deliberately slow down the delivery of mail. I've got to stop. That's what my bill would do. It is bipartisan. We hope to get more. Some senators have shown interest in it. So we're hopeful that we can pass it also. It basically stops all of these changes and returns it to what it was before DeJoy got there. And we hope that this will pass too. They have done such things as uh, remove processing machinery. I toured the Morgan processing facility here in Manhattan. I guess it was two or three days ago, and they had literally removed the machinery. They would have to bring it back. They've been removing post boxes from across the country and denying overtime, which then slows down the mail. Stop all these sabotaging steps. And until after the election, after the coronavirus has left us, then we can have a debate, look at them. Can I ask a question about your bill? It says that the way the operations of USPS were on January 1st of 2020 is how they need to be on January 1st of 2021. Is it possible, though, that there could be kind of an unintended consequence of this, which is that the Postal Service also wouldn't be able to make changes that could, in theory, improve delivery of particularly of ballots and elections? I think of the race you just ran, right? And one of the big legal controversies about it was this issue of postmarking and whether or not the USPS postmarks ballots that had been pre-sent by the state or whether they didn't. And you could imagine that happening in lots of different areas. In theory, USPS could change that policy for the better, but that would violate your bill, wouldn't it? No, no, no. If you can make it better, fine. If you have a, a way to improve it, fine. We accept it. All of his actions, though, slow down the mail. You said after your election results were certified, or at least after the judge ruled, that there was a lot of lessons learned in your primary race vis-a-vis mail-in voting. What's the most important one that you think other districts, other states should take from your primary race in terms of mail-in voting? Well, I think that we learned in my race and others, sometimes the mail-in ballots were not treated as like first-class mail. My bill changes that. I want to have a hearing coming up on really the barcodes. And we used barcodes when we mailed out the stimulus checks, and that gave the recipient the opportunity to track their check where it is. I would like to see that for all of our ballots, that they be barcoded and you can trail them and know who they came from. And it brings a security and effectiveness to the process. And I have a bill that I'm coming out with. I haven't announced it publicly yet that the postal department should print barcoded ballots for any state that wants it. From your perspective, is it practically possible if that bill were to pass even tomorrow that that would actually be able to be done for ballots that in some cases are going to be starting to send out very soon in certain states? That's true. These are all things that I would like to do in the future. Will I have time to do it for this election? Probably not. But your question was, what do you need to do to make the mail more secure? I believe barcoding and having it a first-class stamp, every ballot is treated like first-class mail that moves it quicker than other mail. I think those are two things that you could do. But we certainly on the federal level are responsible for the funding. That's what we're working for. And we certainly are 
responsible for the standard of uh, that is in the post office. And he has come in and initiated all kinds of procedures that slow down the mail. Everything from denying overtime, cutting hours, cutting days, I'm told, across the country, taking out literally the post uh, boxes from districts and removing them. They've been ordered to put them back in some states. They have slowed down the processing of mail. Usually trucks leave a processing site to go out to mail delivery centers based on the amount of mail you have. They were saying the truck can only make one run a day. This is slowing it up tremendously. If it's slowing it up now, then it would be a huge problem on election day. I would urge everyone to vote. If you know who you're going to vote for, vote early. Vote before October 15th. Make sure that your ballot has time to go through the process. And if your state requires a stamp to have it stamped, all of this is very, very important. Congresswoman Carolyn Maloney, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. After our interview ended, Representative Maloney called to clarify that her barcode bill would not impact this November's election, but instead would be to improve mail-in voting in the future. Welcome back. What we're watching today is the Democratic National Convention, which kicks off in an unconventional virtual format. Three things to watch for. First, do people really watch? Yeah, it's going to be broadcast on the major networks and the cable networks like a regular convention would be, but it's hard to know if folks will stay glued to what will essentially look like a fancy Zoom call. Two, how many Republicans will the Democrats trot out tonight to endorse Biden? Already, there are reports that the evening speakers will include former Representative Susan Molinari, former Ohio Governor John Kasich, and former eBay CEO and one-time California gubernatorial candidate Meg Whitman. Finally, what will Bernie Sanders say? He speaks right before headliner Michelle Obama and is likely charged with convincing his leftist supporters to throw their weight behind the centrist Biden-Harris ticket. It could be the difference for the Democrats between a Biden presidency or four more years of Trump. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great national thrift shop day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.